Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If as a parent, my relationship with God is good, My relationship with my wife is good in all those three levels, sexual, verbal, and spiritual. My kids see that. In my home, if they hear me talking, not kind words, but routinely tearing my wife down, do my kids see that? Absolutely. Intimacy with your spouse on every level can have a direct effect on the spiritual development of your children. Today, as Pastor Mark wraps up his message on sexual intimacy, he challenges listeners to consider what kind of example they're setting for their children. As your kids see you love, respect, and enjoy your spouse, they will have a greater appreciation for you and a greater understanding of Christ's love for the church. How can you begin to love and serve your spouse better today for the spiritual advancement of your children? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. God designed us that my spiritual communication with him and my spouse, my friendship with God, God's a friend with me and and I'm with him as well as he's my master and my spouse in this sexual part that God reserved only for actually a man and a woman. Those three have to be together. In fact, what I think is amazing is, is God designed Christians to be the most fulfilled people on all the earth in every area, including sexuality. See, sexuality is a gift from God. God to us. And if there's any people who should be fulfilled, it's Christians in every single aspect. In Proverbs chapter 5, Proverbs chapter 5, he designed this incredible drive within us, but then he gives us the guidelines. Those of you that are single, those of you that are teenagers, those of you that are fifth and sixth grade, You have a powerful design in you. It is sexual. It is designed to make wonderful pleasure, but they're guidelines. Look what he said, Proverbs 5, 15. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Now, let me stop. Is that God's sex education or Satan's? It's God's. There's no exception. There's no exception. But what does the world say? You watch your program, any television program, and you'll see basically your token gay relationship. 
You'll also see someone sleeping with someone, one night stands, whatever. And it's so common, it just passes over our head. But notice what God says, drink water from your own well. In other words, have sexual relationships only from your own spouse. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs into the streets having sex with just anyone? Verse 17, you should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers. Verse 18, another challenge to us. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. What does that mean? It means that the sexual union is going to bring tremendous release to both of you. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. So God knew that these wonderful sex drives were powerful and he gave us just clear guidelines. And I want to say to you this morning, we can discipline our sexual desires to live within the parameters that God gave us. The parameters for sexual release are always and only reserved for the marriage bed. There's no other alternative. That's what God says. Now, how many of you kind of remember your honeymoon? Anybody out there remember your honeymoon? For me, it's a little stretch, but I can remember. Okay. I want to read you a diary from a, a young bride. I'm only going to give you four days, but this is what she wrote in her diary, and I think you'll enjoy it a lot. I know Vera will enjoy it. Dear diary, this is Monday. Now, today, we're home from our honeymoon and settled into our new home. It's fun to cook for Bob. Today, I made angel food cake. The recipe said, beat 12 eggs separately. The neighbors were nice enough to loan me some extra bowls. (laughs) You remember those innocent days, don't you? (laughs) Tuesday, Bob wanted fruit salad for supper. The recipe said... Serve without dressing. I'm not done yet, just wait. So I didn't dress. What a surprise when Bob brought a friend home for supper. (laughs) Okay, Wednesday. A good day for rice. Recipe said wash thoroughly before steaming the rice. Seemed kind of silly to me, but I did take a bath, but it didn't seem to improve the rice any. And here's Thursday. Listen carefully. It's going to be quick. This morning, Bob asked if I would fix fruit salad again tonight. (laughs) Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I want you to highlight this in your Bible, your King James, NIV, New American Standard, whatever you have, New King James. I'm going to be a little serious for a moment. And the reason I'm going to be serious is because this is a problem. This is a problem in the church. This is not only a problem in the church. It's a problem all over the world. I can give you articles out of my files from secular counselors who say this. A husband and wife making love has become so infrequent in most homes because we're so busy, husband works, wife works, kids have three nights at the Little League and this and that and the other. We do this and that and the other. We're building home. We're doing, we're just just too tired to make love. And it's a common problem. Well, it's no different in the church. 
I, I wish I didn't have to say to you that Christians don't have a problem. But very often in counseling, sitting before me, a wonderful couple, we talk about different things, and this really hasn't changed. It's just getting worse. I, I soon discover that very little sexual intimacy is happening in their marriage. In fact, sometimes I'll probe deeper and I'll say, well, obviously you need spiritual and you need relational, you need to be friends, but you do need sexual. And I'll probe a little further and I'll hear something like this. Well, we make love two, three times a year. Well, I always turn to this passage because there's a great problem. This is not Mark Balmer's passage. This is not Calvary Chapel's passage. This is God's passage. Notice what 1 Corinthians 7 says. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. Now let's stop there. You don't have to be a scientist to understand this, a rocket scientist. What does that statement say so far? It says this, that a wife has what? Tell me. Sexual needs. Well, Pastor Mark, that isn't womanly. What? Who put the sexual needs in her? God. It's very godly. It's very good. Will they be different than a man's? Absolutely. But she does have sexual needs. So who's to fulfill those? The husband. Not a romance novel. The husband. Let's go on. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Need I say that a man has sexual needs? And the wife... Not pornography, not the website, not a strip bar, but the wife is to fulfill those sexual needs. This is God's sex ed. It goes on. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. In other words, Linda and I, when we got married, my body is not mine, her body is not hers. We have to work this out together. We are to make love On some type of a routine basis. I'm not going to say to you today, you know, put yourself in a formula, let's figure it out, go 2.3 times per week and whatever. That's none of my business. But if you say to me, we make love twice a year, something's wrong. And because of that, you watch the end of this scripture, you'll see what's wrong. Scripture goes on and says this. By the way, let me just stop you. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about sexual abuse. I'm not talking about a husband and wife want to do different things and the husband's trying to force the, the wife, and that's ridiculous. Remember, kind words, love. Scripture goes on and says this, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. So there may be a time in, in your life, my life, Lynn and I have to pray over our kids or grandkids or we have a big decision to do in the church or something and we say, you know what? I just need to, I can't eat food for a couple of days. And honey, we're just not going to make love for a couple of days because we have to get our minds totally in God. That's a good thing. But notice, to make that decision, what have I had to have? I had had the other two kinds of sexual, I had to have spiritual intimacy. I had to hear God. And I had to have relational intimacy because my wife and I have to agree. Did you get it? But notice, Only for a short time. Notice, afterwards, you should come back together. So Satan, why should we come back together and routinely make love again? So that Satan will not be able to take, let me paraphrase it. 
So Satan will not be able to take the God-given sex drive and find a release for it that is not godly. Is that plain enough? That's why. We don't understand this. And the church, if you're a Christian this morning, let me say something very kindly to you, but very sternly to you. If you don't obey this passage, could be some medical things, I understand that. I'm not talking about the exceptions. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about whatever. Husband and wife, you have to work it out together. We've been married 40 years. We still have to work it out together. It's okay. But we do it in love. Sexual things change with the menopause and guys getting older and all the rest. The stuff changes. But there still needs to be intimacy in all three areas. If you and I are not obeying these verses, I personally believe... It's a sin like any other sin. This is a command from God. This is not a suggestion. As hard as that is, in our lives, we need to make time. So what do I take out of this? God expects every husband and wife to make love on a regular basis. You define the regular. I'm not going there. But it should be regular. Let me just say this last statement, then we'll move on to our next. Sexual intimacy should be celebrated and not tolerated. Sexual intimacy should be celebrated and not tolerated. Number six, God expects godly parents to produce godly offspring. This is an expectation of God. You remember, we go right back to Genesis. God blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth. So the very first command out of God's mouth is he expects godly children. It's it's a given. Now, I don't have time. I'll just say it very quickly, kindly. A male and a female are the only ones that can obey this command. The world says we can redefine marriage as two women or two men, as long as they're loved and take care of kids. No, you can't do that. Because a man and a man cannot produce a child. A woman and a woman cannot produce a child. So they cannot fulfill the very first command God gave for marriage. So you cannot redefine marriage. It doesn't matter what the world does with it. We love homosexuals. We love lesbians. But it is an abomination to God. The lifestyle is wrong. We love the people. God can change you. God did not make you that way. And just like any other desire that we have, Satan can take and twist it. And we can love people. So as I get married, my wife and I... And there's always medical exceptions and some other exceptions. You get married at 50 or whatever, never been married before. These are exceptions. But from a normal Christian, husband and wife, what does God expect? Tell me. It's not too hard. What's it say? God expects what? Children. What kind of children? Well, how are they going to get godly? Well, that's where Deuteronomy comes. Take a look. It's a verse I used earlier. You see right here, Deuteronomy 6. Linda used it. What are we to do? Notice what it says. Godly parents, first thing you want to write down, God expects parents to be the sexual resource for their children. Not only sexual, but in every aspect, spiritual and all the rest. God puts children in your home so that you can raise them. You see, in our homes, we're the environment that shapes our children. This is where children learn to do life. This is where a husband and wife are the living roles. So I have to be, as a parent, proactive. What my children do when they leave home, I don't know. They still have a free will. 
But here in Melbourne and Vieira, notice Deuteronomy 6, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you get around home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, when you get up. In other words, as I'm a parent, I have to teach every aspect of life lovingly and openly. I have to model it. Spiritual values have to be first. Spiritual values are taught and caught. You see, if as a parent, my relationship with God is good, my relationship with my wife is good, in all those three levels, sexual, verbal, and spiritual, my kids see that. In my home, if they hear me talking not kind words, but routinely tearing my wife down, do my kids see that? Absolutely. What is their form of marriage? When they get married, what do they say? I don't want to get married. It was hell in my home. My parents are Christians. They hated each other. Well, how can that be? Something happened to my relationship with God in my relationship with my wife. I want you to take this podium today. This is your marriage bed, couple. This is your bedroom. Your bedroom should be a holy place in your home. It's a place where God meets you in lots of ways. Your children should be invited into your bedroom, but by and large, they should not be sleeping in the marriage bed. They need to know when they get a little older, that's where mom and dad make love. There's nothing wrong with that. It's honorable. It's good. It's great. Now, once in a while, you have to have the child in. Vieira saying, sick at night, scared, you know, some kind of a dream or whatever. But I, and you, I know I'll get emails, that's all right. I am not for children sleeping routinely with parents. Husband and wife should be sleeping together. Kids should be able to honor that. You work it out. The marriage bed is honorable. Hebrews 13.4. The marriage bed is honorable. So in my home, uh, God designed his children to be born through his married couples. Now, if you will, turn to Jeremiah, two-thirds of the way through the Old Testament. Jeremiah 29. Very quickly, we're almost done. Every parent is responsible to teach their children spiritually, sexually, uh, uh, relationally. It's not the place of the school. It's not the place even of the church. We're doing it because many of our children come here and don't have a Christian parent, same as in Vieira. Jeremiah 29, verse 4. Look up to me. I'll take about two more minutes and we're done. I want you to give you a picture this morning what I think God wants to do. Vieira, when you get to Jeremiah 29, look up. Melbourne, look up. Let me give you history. By the way, we're talking about this on Wednesday night, the book of Zechariah. The nation of Israel... Judah, the south, disobeyed God over, 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 over again. He finally said, I'm going to let you be captured by the Babylonians and they're going to take you to their country. And you're going to be there for 70 years because you disobeyed me. When they get there, you would think, well, what's God, what's God going to say to them now? I mean, they disobeyed, they're in captivity, the, the temple's been destroyed. What in the world's God going to say to them? Do you know this morning, God loves to restore people. As I've taught today, some of you, 
you've spilled your water all over the place as a younger person or whatever. Now you go, man, I, I just destroyed my life. Some of you have been married and divorced three times. Some of you have had affairs. Some of you have made love to you. And you, man, I'm just, man, I'm, man it, there's, there's no way back. Well, sure, there's a way back. God loves to take broken people. That's who we all are. I'm a broken person. So are you. Dare is filled with broken people. Melbourne's filled. And that's the message of the gospel. He takes us where we are and restores us. So don't be condemned this morning. Start today. You say, Pastor Mark, I wish I'd known then what I'd known. Well, you didn't. But you do today. You've gotten truth today. Well, what's God going to say to these people? Watch what he says. These are people that have blown it. They've taken their families with them. Look in verse 4, Jeremiah 29, 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what God says. Notice, he doesn't say this in anger. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. While you're in captivity, notice, increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you in exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Look at me. Vera, look at me. What's God say? Keep life simple. Truth, tunes, and talk. God says, I put you in this captivity to learn. Now keep marrying, find a daughter, a husband, your son, a wife. Have children, let them have children. Keep in relationship to me, talk, talk with each other. May there be some wonderful tunes in your life. Be open, be truthful. I put you in this community so you can be light to a pagan world. They don't have a God like I am. They don't know me. You can rectify the problem you had. I want to say to you and I this morning, let's keep it simple. This week, if you're married, take your wife on a date night and just do some talk and some truth and some tunes. Pray together. Say, God, help us. We want to be a light to the hurting world. Do you realize today how many, if you take a walk in your neighborhood, how many homes are filled with disastrous hurt? We have a God that heals. We have a God that has the answers. Let's do it God's way. Talk, truth, and tunes. Let's enjoy life. Let's go back. If you're single and you've blown it, start fresh right today. If you're a parent and haven't talked to your kids yet, and they're in the fifth grade and the seventh grade, make a date with them. Sit down and give God's wonderful opportunity for them. What does your sexual intimacy with your spouse have to do at all with your role as a parent? Today, Pastor Mark taught that it has everything to do with it. You should be the best example of God's design for sex because the world will only deceive your children. You have a responsibility to train up your kids in the manner which God intended. You should be their first and greatest exposure to the good fruit that comes from it. 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. You are at war every day with an enemy plotting to destroy your marriage. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the battle they face every day as a married couple. Your spouse is not your greatest enemy. Seize the opportunity to join together as a team to defeat Satan's attacks on your marriage. How can you and your spouse create a marriage anchored in God's truth that's impossible to fail? You'll learn more next time. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. And together, let's do life right. See